that's what I love to see after I've kind of put the work in to set up something where I know I've left them in a good place to like, okay, go ahead and go play, go have fun, go create memories, um, enjoy this game. Plus I want people to be happy and healthy for a long time and, you know, to be outside and exercising. And I tell, I, I said to my, to my mom this a few months ago, I'm like, what are you going to do for the rest of your life? Like you have to play golf. Like what, what else is there to get you outside exercising and going? And she's like, you're right, honey. Like I do need to play more. Welcome to Ladies of Golf with me, Abby Liebenthal, a For the Ladies podcast. Joanna Coe is PGA Director of Instruction at Marion Golf Club. Prior to joining Marion, she was Director of Instruction at Baltimore Country Club. She has been named um, the Middle Atlantic Women's PGA Player of the Year six times and was named the inaugural Omega Women's PGA Player of the Year in 2020. Before her career in golf instruction, Joanna competed on the now-named Epson Tour and played collegiate golf at Rollins College. Thanks for joining me. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, did you, just to get started, did you always know that you wanted to be a golf professional and instructor? Uh, no, I knew I wanted to be in athletics, but honestly, the the plan was, okay, try to be one of the best players in the world. I wanted to be a tour pro. Yeah. Uh, that was what I practiced for and worked for um, ever since I started playing golf. And, you know, you just... The tour life is difficult. I mean, um, I'm sure you've talked to a lot of women out there. It's at the end of the day, it's still women's athletics. And I wish there was, I wish there was more money involved and, and more sponsorship so that there's a little bit more stability. But at the end of the day, I wanted a little bit more stability in my life, a little bit more fulfillment. And I'd always coached and taught while I was playing my, my coach from home, he would teach me how to look at a golf swing or throw me into a ladies clinic or a junior clinic. So he was kind of prepping me for that backup plan. And I don't want to call it a backup plan, but, um, because I think it was what I was meant to do anyway. Um, but yeah, I, I desired to be one of the best players in the world and it's okay. That didn't work out. <laughs> yeah, no, it makes sense. And before we really dive into your role and, and your work, um, for somebody who is listening who may be newer to golf, they may assume that a golf professional is someone who plays on the LPGA. Um, mm -hmm. But before we carry on, do you mind describing really quick to the listeners um, what your title of PGA professional means? Sure, sure. Uh, PGA of America, they run, operate, and teach the game of golf. There's 28,000 PGA professionals in this country. Um, so a golf course that you show up at, most likely PGA professionals are running it. So we're saying we're, we're experts of the game and the uh, goal is to grow the game globally. So we are the backbone of the golf professional uh, of, of golf. And then you have the other side, which is tour professionals, which play for a living. So uh, yeah. we run the golf courses, teach the players, and they play for a living. Yeah. And if anyone has attended a For the Ladies event, they are very well versed with PJ professionals. Uh, they are the, truly also the backbone of For the Ladies events because we couldn't do them if we didn't have you guys. So yes, super appreciative. And it certainly has opened my eyes to how critical um, PJ professionals and LPGA professionals are to, to the game in general. Um, 
but I watched an, an interview with Inside Golf, which is like, I think like a Philadelphia oh, base. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was great. Um, and you, which you just kind of alluded to, you shared that your swing coach, Bruce Chalucci, was teaching you how to perfect your golf swing. And then along the way, was teaching you, like you just said, how to watch other people's swings. Um, did you, so my question, I guess, um, on that is, did you realize he was doing that at the time? Or was it something, it was just like naturally happening? It was naturally happening because we had this agreement to just help each other out. Mm. Um, you know, I was very much a middle-class family and not that the deal was, Hey, uh, you know, you scratch mine, I scratch your back. I scratch mine, but he didn't charge me for lessons. So honestly, I wanted to do whatever I could to help him. Yeah. So whether it was I needed to learn about the golf swing to help him in a clinic or pick the range or, or he was overbooked with lessons and I took his lessons. So we just kind of did this together and it was just this unspoken thing. And as I started having, finding some success, he got some really good publicity in Southern New Jersey and became one of the most well-known instructors in the area. And now he teaches hundreds of junior, junior players, a lot of played college golf and so on. So it just was this perfect storm. Um, it was a great matchup. And do you still work with him today? Yeah, he's my man. I mean, he's like a father to me. Um, I talk to him all the time. He still runs his academy at Blue Heron Pines. And, uh, you know, now I'm a, I'm a bit busier here at Marion in, sure. in a different part of my life. But he, no, he is my number one consultant with my golf swing or say I'm having trouble with with a golf swing that I'm working with, like a student. I send him text messages and, and he'll say, hey, Joe, try this. Um, so he's my number one consultant. That's awesome. I'm... I would love to hear about your time as a golf instructor for the U.S. Air Force, which sounds like it overlapped a little bit with maybe your time on the LPGA Tour. How did you get contracted for that type of job? This was really cool. Um, yeah. The 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 main um, club repair guy, what is his name on the LPGA Tour? Gosh, any tour player would be so upset with it. <sighs> He anyway, he had a close relationship with this gentleman named Doug Query, who worked for the Air Force corporate at, um, in San Antonio. And essentially, uh, Doug had this idea to bring in LPJ tour pros um, as entertainment for the troops. So I wasn't the first one. I'm going to say like Amanda Blumenhurst or someone like that. Okay. Um, where it started at like one base and then it expanded to a couple. And then all of a sudden it was an official activity in the Air Force catalog that a base could sign up for. Um, and it was under the funding called Recharge for Resiliency. So say comedians or a concert or you bring in tour pros. So um, just through the grapevine, Doug had found out that I actually was a pretty good teacher. So he brought me and my friend Molly Aronson to do a couple bases and and got really great reviews. And then all of a sudden he said, Hey, can you do three bases in Europe and North Dakota and all these places? So it was so fulfilling. And I, and I was playing during this time, but was doing a few air force bases in between. And I feel like at that point I knew like, this mm. is probably something I really want to go into. Um, I just enjoyed every base I went to seeing how happy they were when they got the ball in the air for the first time or just entertaining them with golf stories. I just, I just loved it so much. So I'd say that definitely helped jumpstart things. That's awesome. Um, do you have like a particular person that, you know, st sticks out to you or a particular memory from that time? Actually, there was this young boy um, that I met in Germany and he was, I believe, 
Spangdalem, that base. And now he's playing, um, he's, he's playing high school golf in San Antonio. His family moved to San Antonio and he wants to play college golf. And I met him a long time ago. He's a young boy and he's, uh, kept in touch with me. He's sent me a couple swing videos and he's so into it and he's going to play college golf and he's playing really good at a high level junior golf. So things like that. I mean, I just met him when he was, and this was a long time ago, he was probably seven years old and he was on like, GA junior league. I didn't even know air force bases, like did those things over there. I know it's amazing. Um, so people like that. And uh, a lot of people, a lot of them have kept in touch with me. That's amazing. What a positive impact. Yeah. That's super cool. I am. Well, from there, you've mentioned that, you know, you did decide to end up stepping away from the now Epson tour and, and you joined Baltimore country club. How did that opportunity arise for you? It was, oh man, good old LinkedIn, you know? Okay. <laughs> I was, uh, after my last stage of tour school at Daytona, you know, I made final cut, final stage, final cut five rounds and didn't get a full tour card. And I was like, I got, I need a change. I need something else in my life. So I got my resume in order and didn't know if I wanted to go down the college coaching route, which a lot of girls go to. Um, and I had my resume together and I just started scrolling on LinkedIn, honestly. And I saw this posting for the junior golf director at Baltimore country club. And I'll never forget it. I'm on the couch in Orlando with my boyfriend over there. And I'm like, Hey babe, how about, how about Baltimore? And he was like, yeah, no, <laughs> I'm like, okay, I'm going to apply anyway. So <laughs> I did it and I kind of rocked the ship for a little bit, but it was the best thing for me. It was like one week later I had a job offer and I was moving from Florida to Maryland and I'm like, okay, I guess we're doing this. And I, I never ran a junior golf program, but I certainly passionate about the game. I know how to teach. So I just needed to kind of figure out uh, the, the, the ropes at a country club at a private world, it's different lingo terminology uh, that you have to know. So, but I was able to jump right in and figure it all out. And then there's an accelerated route to PGA membership when you did do a certain amount of time on tour. So I was able to skip a few steps, which is really nice to have that route. So I was a PGA class A in like less than a year. That's amazing. Oh, that's really yeah. awesome. Um, what would you say, like, did you, did you come work with any programs to like hone in on junior golf? Uh, immediately went to us kids, got us mm. kids certified. Um, I would say, let me think what else did I do? I took what my coach did with me and just ran with it. Stole a lot of his ideas. I mean, they, their program was, was lacking. So first we needed some fun equipment. I mean, it was like, we need colored golf balls. We need rings. We need just fun things, the yeah. fun colorful things to so start with equipment. Cause I started in like February. So it wasn't really a lot happening in Baltimore. So I was able to kind of figure out what we needed equipment wise. And then, um, we did this, uh, we had a, a kickoff event where they pretty much introduced me. We had some fun games and things. And then I just started getting creative. Like there was a, a clinic we had on tour. Um, we always had it at Raintree. It was the Symmetra Tour Classic at Raintree, and they had a daddy-daughter clinic, and I loved teaching that one. So I stole that idea, and I'm like, we're going to do a daddy-daughter clinic So um, where it could be a grandfather or a, or a 
father, bring their daughter, hour and a half clinic. I took a picture, got a BCC logoed frame, had that in their locker, you know, a couple days later, prizes, the whole thing, reserved a couple tee times in the tee sheet and had them play however many holes they wanted to, no pressure with how many holes. So things like that. And then I did like a miniature golf championship and brought in an ice cream truck and just just kind of started with the exciting, fun things, yeah. Um, making it up as I went, really. And it, the junior program went from like seventy-five kids to three hundred in like two years. Oh my so god! So we went from like barely a junior league team to like three PGA junior league teams. And I have a girl that I taught for six years that just qualified for Augusta for the drive trip and putt national finals. So things like that, it's just so satisfying. And I'm really comfortable with what I left at Baltimore. Yeah. Did you, you worked with other like parts of the golf department though, too, right? Like, did you eventually evolve into working on the women's program and stuff like that? So I originally did work in the golf shop and the operations a little bit. So I, was solely responsible for juniors, had a little bit of shop time, would be heavily involved in member guests, member members, things like that. You just always, you have to be a team player. And then eventually there was just so much demand with me teaching that we created a role of assistant director of instruction. Um, So I never ran the women's program. We did at the time have a, a women's pro. So she ran the women's program, but then we collaborated with all these fun instructional things and golf trips and things like that. And then um, there was a shift at Baltimore where we felt as though we wanted a, a, a teaching team and an operations team because yeah. the mixing of the two can really tax the operation when you have an assistant pro, you know, running around, helping with play, running tournaments, and then they got to jump over to the driving range, teach two lessons and run back. So we wanted like experts in both fields. We want them to be an expert in running the operation, expert in teaching. Um, Because back in the day, the golf professional kind of did it all. Right. But, you know, merchandising, tournaments, teaching. But nowadays it's a bit more specialized, you know. So we felt as though we wanted to go and match the pillars of the PGA of America education, which one pillar is like executive management. So being a GM and all then teaching, coaching and then operations. So we kind of wanted to go in that route. So then when we went in that route, then I was promoted to director of instruction. So that's a cool testament, though, to see like how. The, you know, the demand grew, you were able to get more people um, at the club to participate in golf and engage with all the programming that you guys were offering. And then you had to grow. Like That's a huge yeah. testament. Yes. Yes. It was, cool. it was fun. It was a great time. For sure. Yeah. What would you say were some of the lessons that you learned from your experience at Baltimore that you have been able to bring over to Marion? Yeah. Um, I'd say the, the, the number one thing is women's programs. I mean, Every club is just thirsty for it. And Marion didn't really have much. Um, and But what's different about Marion is there's a little bit more of a competitive sense from the women. At Baltimore, it was like 99% fun. <laughs> And like, oh, let's, okay, I guess we can have a little competition. At Marion, it's, it's, it's a more competitive atmosphere at this club. There's this... Um, this competition called the, the, the W gap matches. And it's been going on, I want to say for a hundred years and it's the, the clubs play against each other and they, and it's all by handicap. So our top flight, they call it the cup team or is like the lowest indexes play against say Philly country club, Philly oh. cricket, Aronimic, things like that. And our ladies have won it like 70 something times. Oh my gosh. So, 
Right. And so I come in and they're like, all right, well, we got to win again. So what do we need to do? So the first like women's golf trip I go with, uh, go on with them, they wanted a, it was kind of spring training when my other club, it was kind of like, all right, let's have fun and, you know, get to know each other. And and so I think both are great, right? Like I'm yeah. all, I'm down both the social end and the competitive end, because that's my background too. I think golf's great for fostering friendships and community. And then I love competing. So it's been awesome to have that little bit of a shift, but women are so, they love getting together. Obviously you, you run an organization that's like that. So at Marion, you know, I've, I've been able to introduce programs of, of golf schools, but then like coaching and cocktails and, Mm -hmm. and different clinics where we do some golf and then three hole clinics. Um, and just a mix of, and golf trips. We, now we have 28 ladies going to Punta Cana in March. So nice. I just didn't have that like excitement before. It was just pretty standard. So that's, that was probably the easiest thing to bring to Marion. We're going to take a quick break to talk about our friends at Five Iron Golf. If you know FTL, you know that we love Five Iron Golf, the nation's leading indoor and entertainment experience. They have 15 locations across the U.S., and it's the perfect destination to play, practice, and party. And Five Iron wants you to know that tis the season to treat yourself. You can become a member at any Five Iron location nationwide. And for the holidays, they're giving up to two free lessons when you join as a Five Iron Golf member before the end of the year. Five Iron members get perks like free daily hitting, plus 20% off lessons, rentals, league teams, bar discounts, and so much more. Go to fiveirongolf.com to check it out. Now back to our conversation with Joanna. Yeah, and of course, Marion has held some really amazing events, and you guys just held the Curtis Cup, which is um, the big amateur competition of the U.S. versus GBNI, and it's similar to the Walker Cup, Um, and it's fun. It must be fun to be around that too. One, because you have, um, you know, amazing history at Marion and two, there's a lot coming to Marion still in the future. Yeah. I mean, it was in June, so I just started in March. So we were getting ready for that. And, um, you had to be surrounded by major championship golf, the USGA, um, and then to see how those women played that East course. Mm. I just love talking to the members afterwards about it. I think that women, I think that for the most part, people underestimate how, how far they hit those women hit it. Mm. I think people assume that women, even at the highest levels, like still hit it like 230, 240, but no, no, no. Like Amari Avery and Hannah Darling are just ripping it to places that our members mostly don't do not rip it to, you know? So it, uh, that made me proud to see how they played our golf course that they play every day. Um, so it was, it was incredible. Marion, the, the golf course was perfection. Like I've never really stepped yeah. on the golf course. I'm like, this is the definition of golf perfection. Unbelievable. And then Sunday in the morning, there was some rain, a lot of rain. Yeah. And it was in such good shape that we didn't even play the ball up. Like they uh, didn't even play with place. And it was insane rain in the morning. Like this, this course is unbelievable. So, yeah. and then 26 USAM, uh, 2030 US Open. So I'm excited. Yeah. So, cool. so many good things to come. Oh Yeah. Nice. Um, well, I think that 
it's tough because I feel like I'm very focused on it, but I do find that there is such a confident and successful group of female PGA professionals, and it's very top of mind for me. Um, but of course, would love to hear from somebody who's more in it every day. Where do you see kind of the state of female PGA professionals? Is it a growing segment and, and that type of thing? Yeah, I mean, coming from, you know, I was just at the PGA Cup a couple of weeks ago yeah. and you know, to, to just get on that team uh, is quite competitive now. And so just the initiatives that Susie Whaley has put out there to, to attract, promote our industry, women in the industry is just incredible. So, and I, I know that personally, I've talked to some girls that used to play on tour that are now PGA professionals. So there's been like a little grassroots campaign to get them out there. You know, they're experts of the game. I don't want to lose them to another industry, like, you know, real estate sure. or finance, banking, like they have a PhD in golf. Like let's keep you in the game of golf. And it, I think that, say 20 years ago, there was this stigma, oh, the PGA pro, it's where your golf game goes to die. It's where you're going to be like folding sweaters and stuck in a golf shop, but it's just not the way it is anymore. And I think that especially progressive clubs know how to utilize the, the female golf professional well too. Um, so it's, it's in a good place. I wish that, you know, it's, it's still less than 4% of the PGA of America are women. Okay. But um, they, it, we're moving in the right direction, even globally, like just being at the PGA cup, it grew from five countries to six, even a country like South Africa. I mean, they were able to fundraise just to get themselves to New Mexico and, um, to, to golf going in a better place. So they, they need the professionals to, to look like they're, their clientele, their students and the people that play the game. So there's a big push for it and, um, I'm all for it. So. Yeah, that's great. I also love whenever I see um, like clubs will take their pro to another event with a few members and like it's yeah. like a pro-am essentially. Yeah, pro-am. Yeah. yeah. And that I think has been like really fun to see um, a lot of like female participation. Yeah. So we have uh, in the Philly section, the pro lady, it, se- it sells out like this, like cool. Aronimic brought five teams when I like, I brought one Marion team in April and we won low gross, but around <laughs> had five teams, they had like a party bus and everything. And I was like, Oh gosh, we need to bring more teams next time. So next time we brought three, but it, it, I mean, it's just women's golf in such a good place. It's so, it's so great. But I, and I, there needs to be more pros that are women because there's more and more women playing the game, but we need them to come up to the side of the industry, especially those that played college golf, that played tour golf, or have a, a big interest in it. Yeah, that's great. And, and yeah, making sure that they know that it's a good career opportunity for them. Yeah, exactly. I am. Well, we kind of talked about this a little bit already, but we talked about how PGA professionals are like the front line of welcoming new people to the game. Um, and you have certainly led that charge with women and junior programs at Baltimore and Marion. What do you um, think drives you to create like such these great experiences because you talked about like you've made them you know at baltimore it was like making them fun having an ice cream truck doing that whole thing doing the father-daughter um type of events why why do you think you are internally driven to create those types of experiences um i just love to see them honestly have the desire to get together after i've put on Mm -hmm. something like Mm -hmm. i I went on a little golf like i 
we got together, um, 11, nine holers and went to Farmington, Virginia for a little golf trip. And, uh, afterwards the text messages that I get, Hey, Hey ladies, let's play at 1230 tomorrow, or let's get together for like a little happy hour and then and play a few holes. Like that's what I love to see after I've kind of put the work in to set up something where I know I've left them in a good place to like, okay, go ahead and go play, go have fun, go create memories, um, enjoy this game. Plus, I want people to be happy and healthy for a long time and, you know, to be outside and exercising. And I tell, I, I said to my, to my mom this a few months ago, I'm like, what are you going to do for the rest of your life? Like you have to play golf. Like what, what else is there to get you outside exercising and going? And she's like, you're right, honey. Like I do need to play more. And so, you know, I, I want people to just be happy and healthy for, for forever. And I think golf is that, that way rather than a sedentary lifestyle where they're, you know, watching TV or playing cards or something. I mean, I just love to see the 85 year old taking lessons because they just want to hit it in the air that much farther to be able to carry something. Um, it just gives me so much joy. So that's why I do it. I love it. Um, you mentioned you played in the PGA cup and, and you do have a competitive schedule while still in this role. Um, why and how do you prioritize competing yourself? Yeah. Um, I, it, it, there's something about competition that just gets me going. It's a, it's a high for me. So, um, I want to do it as long as I physically can. And, um, you know, I haven't started a family yet, but I don't, even when I do, I don't want it to interrupt it. Um, I've loved competing in everything my whole life. So the, um, I have been able to juggle playing and, and teaching somehow you just kind of figure it out where, you know, okay, I need to, I need to practice. I need to play with members. I think I play more than I practice, Mm. but so it's twofold because you're, you're, you're engaging with members, you're engaging with your students, you're showing them that you're competent too. And then you're working on your game at the same time. So, um, I have a big next, like next year, this past year, I, I didn't qualify for some things that I typically do, but like I'm in the, the PGA professional championship in April and then I'm in KPMG in June. So I have some things early on in the season that I need to get ready for. So I just keep that in mind. I work on my golf swing lately. It's I work on, I just try to get back to like my old me and I'm getting a little older. I've, I've had some knee injuries. So I just work on some simple things with my setup and, and all. And, um, and my short game is probably better than it used to be when I played for a living. Cause I teach it all the time. And, and then I putt, I putt with freedom. Like there was two, um, two Philly section tournaments. I, I won a few tournaments this year. I had nine birdies in two different rounds. <laughs> I've never, like, never had that while I played for a living, you know, Yeah. because when I, when I stroke it now, I'm just trying to make it instead of like pr- protecting par. So sure. it's just, yeah, it's just fun. And, um, the membership appreciates it. Like I said, it's a competitive atmosphere here at Baltimore. I think they had to get used to me here at Marion. They're like, all right, we're, we're used to competitive golf, but at Baltimore, awesome. there's a pro that's competing a lot in things, you know, but they really, they really rallied around me and supported me. And, um, so it's, it, it's, it's great. I love it. I love the balance and it makes me happy. And at the end of the day, I, I want to have a happy, fulfilling life. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Um, the KPMG Women's PGA Championship at Baltusrol will be, I correct me, but I believe your sixth major championship. Yes, because I've been in five KPMGs and one US Open. How has the experience been competing in those major championships? 
just amazing. Um, the, the collaboration with the LPGA tour and the PGA of America to put on that championship to, to the courses that have hosted now, they've just elevated everything. The purse, the courses, it's just unbelievable. And the treatment of the players while we're on property too. So I'm just giddy when I'm there. Um, you know, I have like low expectations. Like last time in Atlanta, I, again, I told my mom, I'm like, you should come. Cause I don't know if I, sh- I will ever be in a major again. I always said it like that bar. Yeah. Um, like get a bloody Mary, walk along, have fun. And, you know, I hit a lot of great shots and you shoot like, I shot like 79 ish. And for someone that doesn't play in practice as much as these tour girls, I'm like, all right, I, I can hang, you know? Um, and of course, each time I go in thinking like, I'd love to make the cut and actually be fully ready. And then like life and, and this teaching world and all this stuff gets in the way. But, um, I'm putting pretty well. So it'd be nice to, to, to bring that to ball to straw, but it's just, it's just so cool. And I love, and then I, I'm a, a golf nerd. So I'm, I'm watching golf swings and taking videos and playing with practice rounds with some friends like Marina Alex is a good friend of mine. We played junior golf together. So, um, yeah, they, they're, they're great. I just, I just love being out there. So as much as I can expose myself and, and go on this run while I physically can hit as far as I can, I'm going to do it. Yeah, I love it. Um, well, speaking of Mary and having a competitive like mindset and a fun club, um, I did look and with zero traffic, which is hard to count on, the drive from Mary and Baltusrol is about two hours. Um, <laughs> do you think there will be a party bus of members and friends? <laughs> Shout out to my assistant golf pro, Owen. He's so pumped. He's like, exactly. He said that party bus to Baltusrol with the ladies, no doubt. Um, <laughs> so I'm sure that'll happen. <laughs> Have you, pl- I'm assuming you've played Baltusrol before? Just once. Okay. Once. Did you, you remember um, much about it? I mean, it's a Tillinghast golf course. I love Tillinghast. Um, you know, it's big major championship golf. Every time I play in a KPMG, it feels like a PGA championship um it's long it's thick rough the greens are slopy and fast uh so it it'll be like the others i would say um but it's just I need to get up there a few times this spring. <laughs> nice. No, I'm super pumped to be able to follow along. Um, I love when I get to like recognize names in the field. Mm-hmm. And of, of course, aside from LPGA players, like I really enjoyed this year watching the U.S. Women's Mid-Am because there were like those collegiate players who I either like saw growing up through the AJGA or whatever it may be. And just like being able to like cheer them on as they still like compete um, has been really fun. <laughs> Exactly. Like these Curtis Cup girls, we got to know Mega Gane and and, um, and Rachel Heck. I mean, to see, I'm like watching on Golf Channel, totally supporting them now because it's just cool. You you get that connection and and man, they're playing some nice golf courses. I mean, the the, the venues for college golf are elevated. So it's it's quite cool to follow along. Yeah. Yeah. Like you mentioned, golf is definitely in a good place, whether it's participation or the organizations running these major championships, elevating everything from the purse to the venues. Um, Mm -hmm. We're, we're, we're on the up, which is good. We're on the up. That's right. (laughs) Um, Well, I would say my, my last question, big question for you is just, where do you see yourself putting your focus in, in golf instruction in 2023? Oh, that's a good question. Um, you know, I've coming from the playing background. Like I, I know technology, like I use TrackMan all the time, but would love to get more and more into, um, 
swing catalyst stuff with pressure traces, pressure. Um, and then like that sports box AI app mm-hmm. where he bends and turns and things like that. So it's kind of, you know, you have the old school part of me that is like, it's a sport being an athlete. You don't need to like dive too much into it. And then there's the other part of me that knows I need to offer that a little bit more um, and have that sense that since trends are just going in that direction and people want to know that information. So I'd say diving more and more into that would be a goal of mine. Um, but I always want to have, um, an appreciation that it is a sport and it's, we can't clutter the mind of, of the student. I'm a big believer in simplicity. So that's the part where I think in golf instruction, some people just absolutely confuse their student rather than just hammering points. Like if you see a person multiple times, you don't need to give them something new to work on every time. So like I just saw a gentleman today that I've seen probably 12 times in the last two months and we're just hammering the points, you know, I can give them a little different drills to like hammer in the same thing, but I'm a big believer in like finding the right things. And now we just need to keep going in that direction. So it's just, it's that tough balance with technology and like being the the player in me, you know, where I'm like, I, I don't want to be thinking about pressure trace in the middle of the golf swing, but yeah, you know, <laughs> that's fair. I think as a student, I can appreciate that. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Some instructors are a little out of touch with playing, you know, sure. Sure. truly. Uh, so I, I think that's an issue, but that's why like, I would love to just recruit the girls that used to play because they get it. They get, you can't play high level golf with too much in your mind. You got to be concerned with getting in the hole. So I love that. Well, hopefully we have a lot of women um, who are playing right now, listening and inspired to, to look at the career goal. Um, Well, awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on. How can people just like follow along with your journey? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not like the the biggest with social media, but I do have my Instagram handles, Joko PGA, and um, it's a lot of golf content. Um, I, it, I love to talk. I love to post, especially about all the great courses I play. I'm like a top 100 snob in that regard. <laughs> so love it. To see wherever I'm going, I'm definitely like post a lot about that. Um, that's probably my main thing is I guess my, my Instagram. So yeah. awesome. Yeah. Thank Perfect. you so much for coming out and chatting with me. It was, it was really cool to hear and obviously just like do some research on your story. Um, really excited for you in 2023 and, and yeah, be Thank you Thank for having you. me. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for what you do too. Thanks. <laughs>